you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Season with Peter Schrager is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. What's up, everybody? It is draft week. This is the season with Peter Schrager. This is what we've been building towards. You've been listening to this podcast for several weeks, and it's been just more draft content, more draft content, more draft content. We're finally here, and I want to give you more draft content. We got great response from last week's two episodes, one with Jim Nagy, the director of the Senior Bowl, who knows a lot of these players inside and out from his experience with them. And then I did a a mock draft with Daniel Jeremiah, Move the Sticks from NFL network and that went really well as far as listeners go so there's one more person i needed before we get to the draft to do a mock draft with me it's a guy that i've been doing draft coverage with since 2013 when fox sports one first was launched he's one of my favorite people in the world a true friend he's also the lead college football analyst uh, for Fox Sports. You hear him on all of the Michigan-Ohio State games. You hear him uh, at the Big Ten Championship game every year. And I think he is as hardworking and plugged in when it comes to college football as any one of the analysts you see on television. His name is Joel Klatt. I'm going to bring Joel in in one second. I just wanted to really quickly give you guys the layout of the programming schedule for the draft. So for me personally, I'll be on Good Morning Football Monday and Tuesday, I will be off Good Morning Football Wednesday as I fly to Kansas City. And then Thursday morning, Good Morning Football is not only on NFL Network, it is on ESPN2 as well, which is cool for us. We do a simulcast because we're kind of crossing over content with them. Friday morning, Good Morning Football. Then Friday night, I will be uh, on the draft dais, if you will. Uh, Joel will be on the the main stage. I'll be on the secondary stage with Ian Rappaport. And hopefully, we're going to get a lot of airtime as the Aaron Rodgers trade might go down on day two. But of course, you guys know, if you're listening, uh, these NFL teams, a lot of their rosters are built on day two of the draft. Then day three is my favorite day of the calendar year for the NFL draft. I will be on the main stage with Daniel Jeremiah, Charles Davis, and Rich Eisen. And that'll be all day sweltering in the sun in Kansas City, just sweating through a suit. And of course, there's draft content all over the internet, on Twitter and all that. Um, But I mentioned Joel's going to be joining us. And uh, I just got to say, when it comes to Saturday in those noon games, I am so proud of the work that my brothers at Fox Sports and sisters have put together uh, to make that a marquee situation where you know you're getting a huge game, whether it's the Big Ten or it's the Big 12, uh, and you know that it's going to be an A-plus broadcast. And one of the reasons is this guy. He's a longtime friend. He's played quarterback at Colorado, and he has bounced around from being a studio host to doing stuff on the sidelines to doing game analysts uh, as a, a you know secondary team, and then finally got the call up a few years ago and has never looked back. He is now the lead college football analyst for Fox Sports, and I couldn't be happier to have him on the podcast. Joel Klatt, welcome to the season with Peter Schrager. Man, I love this. This is so good. Thank you for that introduction. Uh, you are a dear friend and unbelievable at your job. So uh, I can't wait to do this today just to get a little draft content. And and 
You know, I've said this before, but the draft is it's really slow moving for a long time. And then right here at the end, like the bell lap of the draft process, the information starts flying around and you start hearing all sorts of new things. And so this week is one of my favorite weeks of the year. Obviously, I love the fall. You love the fall. We all love that, right? But uh, when it comes to the offseason, it's really hard to beat this week and, and draft on Thursday night. Can't wait to get out to Kansas City and see you, brother. Yeah, so you're going to be doing stuff for the NFL Network, and I know you put the work in. I think you come from it from a very different lens than any of the folks on on our NFL Network, and certainly from me. You called these guys games in colleges, and before we get to the mock draft, I asked you if you could just spend three minutes, just empty the bag on C.J. Stroud. You called mm. eight different C.J. Stroud games, which means you've played... Uh, all these games out on film, you've called them all on film. His biggest moments, you're on the call for most of them. And you've also gotten to know C.J. <clears throat> Stroud. And you've also gotten to speak with his coaches about C.J. Stroud. His stock isn't slipping. It's not plummeting as we record this on a Monday. But it is up in the air. He can mm -hmm. go anywhere from two to, you know, bottom of the top ten. And a few weeks ago, it felt like it was a sure thing. He would either go first or second. I say the name C.J. Stroud, Joe Klatt, empty the notebook. What do you got? Okay, uh, lots of different angles on this, so I'll try to go quickly. Let me first um, take the angle of the opposing defensive coordinators in those eight games and what they were saying. And, and you have to keep in mind, I did his very first game, his very first start as a college quarterback against Minnesota on the road. It was a Thursday night, the opener in 2021. And I did his next to last start, a loss to Michigan in his home stadium. I also saw him in his third practice in spring as the starter that spring before, right? Like I've been around this kid since he was a red shirt and now all the way through. Um, let me start with what the defensive coordinators have been saying ever since his first start. And they all say to a man, elite arm will kill you, kill you. If, you, if he has any sniff of what coverage you're in or Ryan Day has a sniff of what coverage you're in, you're dead. You're dead because he plays on schedule and, and on time. And he's accurate with the football. And he's obviously throwing to what has now become the best core of wide receivers in football over the last couple of years. Think of the core of wide receivers he had in 2021 with Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, the reigning rookie of the year, and Jackson Smith and Jigbo, who they all say was better than all of them and now yeah. available in this draft. Um, this, this is an elite passing game in part due to what C.J. Stroud brings to the table. They also all say that and then now let's go to his his coaching staff. They would all say he's very prepared, very intelligent, learns the system incredibly uh, fast, and has a lot of control at the line of scrimmage. So maybe a departure from what you're hearing from you know the smoke that is being floated out here late in the draft process about the S2 score and his cognitive ability and reaction time and everything, that was never a problem and never brought up. Hmm. I've talked to, court, uh, to, to coaches in college football all the time. And they will tell me, hey, like, it just, it doesn't click right away. He has to see it first. Uh, it it has to be, you know, black and white. He can't play in the gray area. That was never brought up with C.J. Stroud, which is why all of this smoke is, is quite interesting from my standpoint. Um, Ryan Day has been higher on Stroud than he has up to this point than he was even with Dwayne Haskins, a first-round quarterback, or even Justin Fields, a first-round quarterback, and talking about how he's more prepared for this moment than even those guys. All this to say, I don't know where this is coming from. And, and if, if Stroud slides, someone's going to get a, a hell of a player. He's overcome a lot of adversity in his life. Um, 
did not have his dad around for mm. for you know very specific reason during the course of his upbringing and and overcame that. And this guy is a solid man and a solid leader in the locker room. If it sounds like I'm being overly no, abusive I, in my praise, it's because I believe in the kid. I've been around him. I've been around his coaching staff, and I've seen him play at an elite level. Just ask Georgia, the best defense in college football over the last two years, how good C.J. Stroud is because he almost drug an, an injured and depleted Buckeye team past that Georgia team and probably would have won the national championship if they were able to finish off that game. Arm strength, when you compare it to a Will Levis or an Anthony Richardson, if he has to throw the deep ball and it's cold weather and it's windy, can he get it done? Absolutely. Yeah, there's no doubt in my mind. In fact, one of the things that that he did best was play action pass. And when they would get that rhythm going uh, for Ohio State, his ability to attack down the field was remarkable. Um, it's it's a it's mo- it's it's maybe not as as prominent as a Will Levis, just as far as pure arm strength, but it's way smarter. Um, and let me tell you what I'm saying, like. <clears throat> Levis can 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 play a little bit like a relief pitcher with one pitch. Like mm-hmm. it's a fastball, man, and it's coming, and here we go. And and he's got that pitch, but he doesn't play the game like a starting pitcher who needs four pitches and needs wow. to change speed and change lo- location. CJ can change speed and change location and throw the deep ball. So so he's he's got a a much better command over trajectory throw style, velocity, um, all of those things than maybe a guy like Levis does who has a better pure arm as far as strength goes. Great stuff. I appreciate you doing that. I'll add, um, our colleague at Fox, Brady Quinn, had a quote from a podcast that he was on with CBS that went viral, and there's more context to it, and I'm not questioning you know, what Brady said because he said it, and there was a lot more that goes with it, and Brady's been very positive about C.J. Stroud. I will say this. I have spoken around the league on the Manning thing. The Manning Passing Academy, which the story was that he didn't appear, he did give a heads up. He stayed up there with Ohio State and his teammates there. Uh, The Manning Passing Academy continued on and was okay without C.J. Stroud being there. There's no ill feelings from the Manning family, from what I gather, and it certainly um, is not going to impact his draft stock in some great way. That said... The, the noise, it adds to the S2 cognition test. It mm-hmm. adds to, you know, whatever else negatives. And this is just the shame of the draft season. Some of these guys are going to have stories out there. And for whatever reason, it's going to come out at the worst time in a media thing. But it's all washed away and fine when they get selected at the NFL draft. It's going to be the greatest moment of his life. And I'm happy for him. And I don't think he's going to fall out of the top 10 by any means. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes because I think it's going to be as as interesting a top five as we've had in a long time because we've got quarterback drama and there's a lot of question about what can happen. I think there could be some trades. Um, I think it could be wild after that first pick. I think we all think you know we all agree Carolina's going to take Bryce Young, and then it's like let's all hold our breath. What, what's Houston going to do? I'm going to do this mock draft with you this way. So we had Daniel Jeremiah on. He was on this thing. So we flipped a coin. Aaron, do we have our coin? Ooh, do I have, have a coin? coin? Aaron's oh got a coin. Oh, Aaron's um, got, okay. I, I got a coin through the magic of the internet. Is there like an internet coin toss app? Oh, of course, oh, of course. Man. You, you just can Google do anything coin on flip. the internet. Yeah. Kids these days. So is Joel, it an AI coin? It is an AI coin, yeah. 
Joel, you are the visiting team. So do you want to pick heads or tails? Tails, always. You never pick heads. All right. And heads. So Peter. I get to kick off or defer. I will kick off. I will put you in the hot seat with those two and four picks. I'm going to go number one, Carolina Panthers. And I will take Bryce Young first overall, which leads to number two, the Houston Texans. Joel, this is a combination of what you would do, what you think would happen, it doesn't, it's just an exercise. It's not you predicting what you think is going to happen. We're going to grade you against 40 other mock draft experts and give you a grade. <laughs> it's just the Texans are on the clock. What do you think happens? Or what do you think should happen? Okay, so I, I think that what's going to happen and what should happen are, are the same thing. I believe that at the end of the day, we're going to sit back and be like, this was all smoke. And, and you know, let's let's give Houston some props for, um, you know, creating some value in the selection, uh, creating some interest um, and letting people know that maybe, you know, it's, it's not a done deal. I think that they take CJ Stroud. I think it would be crazy if they didn't, they're desperate for a quarterback. He's clearly to me, the second best quarterback in this draft. And unless they're trying to wait for next year's class and think that they're also going to have one of the top two picks, then they've got to take CJ Stroud. I love it. On to number three, the Arizona Cardinals. Now, when I did this with Daniel Jeremiah, we said no trades for the sake of it, but I will let it be known. Arizona's trying to trade this pick. I don't mm-hmm. think they'll try to trade it for 50 cents on the dollar, but I think they might trade it for 80 cents on the dollar. They need, <laughs> they need, they need people. They need bodies. They need prospects. Um, so I would look and I would call at this point, if I'm Monty Asenfort, I would call one of my former teams, the Tennessee Titans, and I'd say, please, if you need a quarterback, we're at three, you're at 11, we're at a conference. Get, get up here. Get Tennessee, up here. come on up. <laughs> come on up, Tennessee. Um, uh, Rand Carthon is the new GM there. He was with the Niners. They traded up to get Trey Lance in number three a few years ago. Anyway, let's stay at three. Cardinals on the clock. Let's get a, a franchise pillar, a cornerstone. We are going to draft Will Anderson, mm. third overall. Alabama, can't go wrong. Someone, this sounds really, really... Uh, I would say almost as an insult, like a backhanded compliment. Someone said, yeah, Tyree Wilson might be a complete strikeout or a home run. Will Anderson is a solid double or a triple. So <laughs> I'm going to say with, with the Arizona Cardinals, if they keep it, let's go Will Anderson three. And now, Joel, this is the money pick for the draft, the one that I have so much intrigue in. I said today on Good Morning Football, I think it's the most interesting selection of the entire draft, the Indianapolis yeah. Colts at four. And the way we have it, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are off the board. Who do you go with? Okay, so I, I've heard the the talk about that they like Levis, and and but I think that the better player and the better upside and the better fit for the Colts is going to be Anthony Richardson. And the reason that I'm going to take Anthony Richardson is that you're going to help Jonathan Taylor be more dominant for longer in his career because because as, as soon as Richardson can get on the field, he's holding edges and creating width in the defense for the run game because of his athleticism. And you give Richardson what, what he needs, which is a dominant run game and the ability to throw play action pass and utilize that strong arm. So it, it it's, it's a good fit. And I think that he is a better player than Will Levis. So I'm going to go with Anthony Richardson here at four. All right. I don't know if I'm breaking news here. Cause I, the last 24 to 48 hours, I've heard a lot of Richardson to the Colts talk too. Again, I've heard a lot of Levis to the Colts talk. I've heard that Levis to the Colts talk since the start of this whole draft thing started. But there are people in that building, I know for a fact, 
that like Richardson, um, whether it's people making the decision or not, is is what needs to be seen. So that's not crazy. Anthony Richardson at four, which would mean to recap for the listeners as you're following along, and I want you guys to all follow along. Bryce Young to Carolina. Texan selects CJ Stroud at two. Will Anderson to the Cardinals at three. Anthony Richardson to the Colts at four, which leaves the Seahawks, and they have a choice of quarterback, Will Levis, sitting right there, or Hendon Hooker, or two really talented defensive players, Tyree Wilson and Jalen Carter. If I am the Seahawks here, I put the card in, and it is Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech, the outside edge rusher as opposed to the inside guy. Tyree Wilson clean off the field. No red flags there. Mm. They go with the cleaner prospect. Tyree Wilson, fifth overall to the Seahawks. Oh, man. This is... I thought you were going to take Jalen Carter, so yeah. I'm thrown off here a little it's bit. It's a because fun I exercise, isn't it? I didn't think Jalen was going to be available for the Lions. And so now with the Lions, I'm a little stuck. This is via the Rams, of course. They got the backstop later in the first round with the 18th pick. They've got four picks in the top 55. They need help on defense. I'm going to stick with what I had, and I'm going to leave Jalen on the board and take Christian Gonzalez, the corner from Whoa. Oregon. I Here's the thing is like without Okuda, they need length on the outside. And so I'm going to take Christian Gonzalez. And the reason is I have a couple of tackles that I like a lot that I could backstop this with at 18 and or in the second round. I've got tackles that I like in both of those spots. So that's why I'm going to take Christian Gonzalez. I think there's a little gap between him and the other corners. Got to help my pass defense. Wow. Uh, Raiders at seven. I can't have Jalen Carter in Las Vegas. Can I? (laughs) I can't. I can't. I don't know him. I mean, this sounds like I'm being some like, you know, complete Neanderthal talking, just putting, I just, I just know Vegas. If there is any temptation to get into trouble, Vegas is the place and I'm not going there. I will go with the hard hitting 180 pound new to football, relatively speaking, big 10 corner. We have two corners off in the first seven. I'm going Devin Weatherspoon seven to the Raiders. We have two corners off the board, six and seven. Let's quickly recap Panthers one. Bryce Young, Texans two, C.J. Stroud, Cardinals three, Will Anderson, Colts four, Anthony Richardson, Seahawks five, Tyree Wilson, Lions six, Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon, Raiders seven, Devin Weatherspoon out of Illinois, Jalen Carter, Will Levis still on the board, Falcons are on the clock. Okay, so... They will know Jalen Carter as well as anybody. I think they take him. I mean, he's okay. right down the street, right? So I th- I'm going to go Jalen right there. So Let that's me ask the, you, yeah. philosophically speaking, because this is what the beauty of this mock draft is. We can poke a couple questions here and there, and it's going to be rapid fire. It, it, yes, he's right. Athens is in his backyard. He got in trouble in Athens. Mm-hmm. That, is that wise, do you say? Probably we'll not. Have, or, do you, or do you say... He's the best player on the board, and just wait till we get him in our building. It's not going to be an issue. Like, how do you? If you ah, both ways, both ways, right? I think like if you're if you're convinced, if you're trying to convince yourself, you say that the 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 setting is not a minus but a plus. If if you're trying to say like, well, we can't do that, then you say like, well, he can't be in this environment. It would have been better in Seattle, as far away from from here as you can possibly get to remove him, you know, from from this environment. But the other part of this is when. When I'm selecting here, my, my board, the only other player that's remotely in the hemisphere of Jalen Carter is Bijan Robinson. Mm-hmm. 
And so, like, I, I think they take the tackle here. I don't think Atlanta's going to go running back. So I'm going to go with Jalen Carter more on value than anything. All right. Number nine, the Bears. I was planning on taking Weatherspoon or Gonzalez. They're both gone. I would think they have to, huh? I think they like their offensive line. I was thinking you could go Paris Johnson here. Mm. Ha, screw is nine too early for a guard? Because that's what I think Skaronsky probably ends up playing. But he's a local. Speaking of down the road, right? I mean, he's right, right there like, as well. I know. He's in the backyard. And then Bijan Robinson is floating there if you want to just have a dynamic playmaker with fields. You know what? Give me Peter Skaronsky out of okay. Northwestern. Just give me a mauling. Uh, I'm not like doing flips or anything. A mauling this offensive is, lineman. You know what that is, nine. though? That's like an Eagles esque pick. Yeah. Okay. Right? Like kind of disciplined, stay in the trenches. But now the Eagles are up. They've got the the best roster in football. At least that's my my opinion. I don't know if you agree with that. And they've gotten there with those disciplined picks like I was talking about, uh, the trenches. But now you've got the chance to give Jalen Hurts the best offensive player in the draft, the biggest threat in the draft, Bijan to the Eagles. I've got it in my mock. You've got it in your mock. I'm taking it in this mock as well. Bijan Robinson to the Eagles. All right. That's that's awesome. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Eleven, the Titans. Will Levis is looking at me right in the eyes. Just staring at you. He's staring at me. <laughs> but so is Hendon Hooker. And he's a local talent. And I get a year with Tannehill and we can kind of group. Uh, or do I go wide receiver and say just uh, the offensive line? Paris Johnson out of Ohio wow, State. Okay. The Tennessee Titans take their future offensive tackle and they get him there and they pass on both quarterbacks. Texans on the board. I mean, okay, so they already got their quarterback because I've got them CJ and, and I'm going to give them like CJ's college teammate, the, the best wide receiver in the draft. I'm taking Jackson Smith and Jigba, wide receiver from Ohio State. Th this might be a fool's Aaron, to chase this these guys on the outside. Regardless of who takes Jackson Smith and Jigba, I just want to plant a flag. Peter, I think he's the best receiver in the draft. Okay. If, if you go back to 2021, I covered him extensively um, with Brian Hartline, his position coach, Ryan Day, his his offensive coordinator slash head, head coach, with C.J. Stroud, with Chris Olave, and Garrett Wilson. To a man, they would have all said and did to me several times. Jackson Smith and Jigba is the best player on our offense. I think we forget that because he was out with that hamstring injury. This is a guy that I do believe can, based on his position and, and the volume that he can produce, he will lead the league in receptions at some point in his what? career, I think, in the first five years. Bold! Bold. Clip that off, Aaron. Clip it off. That's going viral. I love that. That is a bold take. Uh, that entire spiel on JSN, when I've been told... Joel, this might make you sick. 
There are no blue chip wide receivers in this draft. That's, That's fine. Well, and told. he's not a pure outside guy. So I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to push against that. Was Cooper Cup a, a blue chip wide receiver no, when he came out? No, he wasn't. No, he's not. But what is he? A production machine. I'm on so, Ross St. Brown. Same thing. Like, yes, yeah, same thing. Like this guy can get you 120 catches. He just, so I didn't say he's the best receiver no, in football. I know, I know. I'm just, I said, I think he can lead the league in receptions. You know, very much in the vein of Cup and Amon Ross St. Brown. That's the, that's the style, the slot specialist, really understands space, really quick lateral quickness, smooth through the catch point. Really love his game. If the Texans were to come out of the top 12 picks and said they got CJ Stroud and Jackson Smith Najigbo, would you say that's an A, a draft in the first round? I don't know. And I made the picks. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know either. I think so. I, I don't know. They'd, that would be their starting quarterback and their number one wide receiver right out of the gates. Yeah. We know that. And I think it would be an that. A draft, but I think, you know, truth be told, it would it would take some time. Smith yeah. and Jigbo would reach his potential faster with a veteran and, and, and a solid offense, but we'll see. Jets at 13. Uh, they're going to go offensive line here. I'm going to go with Broderick Jones out of Georgia, the okay. big tackle. Um, Safe-ish pick, I think. He's considered one of the top tackle prospects, and you're protecting whoever the asset is at quarterback, most likely Aaron Rodgers. Patriots, 14. Who do you got? Don't love, I don't love this part of the draft for these mm-hmm. teams. You know, I feel like they have too many needs for the players available. I wanted to go offensive tackle as well there for the Patriots. There's a couple there. I I, I think I'll stay. Th- I'll stay offensive tackle. This is probably a little high for him, but I'm going to go Darnell Wright, the tackle from Tennessee. Okay. All right. Darnell Wright to the Patriots. Tackle out of Tennessee, which gives me the Packers. It's, it's time for the Packers to do something they've never done when Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback. Let's take a wide receiver or a tight end in the first round. I'm actually going to surprise you. I think I'm going to go tight end and please empty the bag on what you got from this guy. Dalton Kincaid mm. at a Utah. I had never heard of him until I watched him in a college game. And I was like, who's this? I think I texted you about him. Um, you covered a bunch of his games. Dalton Kincaid. What's the story on him? Okay, so really good basketball player in his youth and admittedly wanted to focus on basketball. Um, Told recruiters that early in his high school days, which is why he was, Peter, I would just call it like lightly recruited. Mm -hmm. So he's got to start his college career, not at San Diego State, but San Diego of old, you know, um, uh, Jim Harbaugh lore from way back in the day. Yeah, that's right. So then he transfers to Utah and eventually develops – He's got that basketball on grass type of mentality where he can flex out and be a real weapon uh, for your offense. Led the FBS in terms of tight end production with about 890, almost 900 yards. And he didn't really even become the focal point of their offense at Utah until Brent Keithy went down, another player on their offense. But I will say Kincaid and Cam Rising had an amazing rapport between the two of them. And this is a team that just went to back-to-back Rose Bowls, by the way. And, and you know, I, I'm i a big fan of Kincaid. I could easily see him being the best tight end in this draft. He's not quite as versatile as a guy like Michael Mayer, the tight end at, at Notre Dame. Uh, but only because Mayer is an excellent blocker. Excellent okay. blocker. Kincaid, probably a better receiver. Mayer, probably better all around if you're looking for someone to also be kind of a sixth offensive lineman and flex out and give you something in space. Got it. All right. I like that. We're 15 in. 16 is the Washington Commanders. 
What do you got, Joe? Okay. So, buddy, I think this is a a weird pick again. Again, I don't love the I love the late draft. of the first. It's a weird draft. And so the middle from 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 the Titans, really, the Texans at 12, until we get to really like the Seahawks at 20, you get a bunch of teams that need a lot of things and players in those areas that are kind of like, uh, are we gonna take him? I think there's going to be a lot of waiting until the end of the clock trying to trade out. So it's going to be a long night, in particular in the middle of the draft. And they're going to be waiting, waiting, waiting. And then they'll just kind of run up and be like, well, he's kind of the best player at our position of need. That being said, I think Washington, one pick before where he would probably want to go, is going to take Joey Porter Jr., the corner from Penn State. Okay. Take it. I think I read the stat. He had one interception at Penn State, but he was only thrown at 30 times last year. So make what you do with that. Good I'm gonna length, stick at corner. Man. Aggressive. Yeah. I'm gonna stick at corner. You go 16, you go corner, I go 17 at corner. That means four corners, which has become a premium position in the league. Uh I'm gonna go corner for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Deontay Banks out of mm. Maryland. Man, okay. Wow. See, this is you know what's happening right now, and it, it always happens when the you guys do a go mock, quicker a, than you thought, right? It's exactly right because it creates a run. And this yep. is what happens in the draft, right? It creates a run on a position. Absolutely. So we've already had now a, a run on on two different positions, it, right? Offensive line and corner have come <laughs> off maybe faster than we anticipated if we were doing this on our own. I'm looking at it right now. Just for the listeners, we'll go from 11 on. So 11 was Paris Johnson, which is a shock to everyone that they would go O-line instead of quarterback. I just don't know if Levis or Hooker is what they're looking to do. Texans 12, wide receiver, Jackson, Smith, Najigba. Jets 13, Broderick Jones, offensive tackle. 14, Patriots, Darnell Wright, offensive tackle. Packers, Dalton Kincaid, tight end. Commanders, Joey Porter Jr., corner. Steelers at 17, Deontay Banks, corner. Now we are up to the Lions at 18. Joel, you're on the clock. All right, a little bit of a free pick here, right? Because I, I think that they got... I like what they got with Gonzalez. And and think about this, adding a really disruptive interior lineman. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden you've got Hutchinson, which you really like. I would, uh, you know, excellent player. And then you pair him with a pass rushing tackle, Kalijah Kansi from Pitt. Okay. Okay. The guy had huge production, by the way. You look at his, his career. He played in 36 games at Pitt, 37 yeah. tackles for loss. That's a, okay. that's a tackle for loss per game, which is unheard of. 280-pound defensive tackle. Are we a little worried about that? Or are we okay with that? When you're producing like that, and he's the first unanimous All-American at Pitt since Aaron Donald, yeah. the guy that we all love, maybe in the same type of mold, quickness and power both. He's not 300 pounds, but from the three-tech position on the outside uh, shade of the, the guard, he can produce a lot of numbers in the backfield. All right. 19, Will Levis is still on the board, and the Buccaneers are there, but gosh... Uh, they've invested in Kyle Trask. They, oh, I'm really having a hard time here. Do they really want to take a quarterback and then put themselves in this bind where they got the fourth quarterback and they did it at 19? Where do they want to go? I mean, it's like, this is the questions you're asking. You're like, this is it so too hard. good of a value? I think this is the worst pick in, in the draft. Like, you said that. Every time I did the mock for yeah, my, like, my myself, I, I got to 19 and I was just like, I... Pfft. I don't know. Yeah. 
And I don't think there's any. Let me ask you this. Yeah. What do you think the Bucks need the most? Offensive line. And they've already had a run of offensive linemen. This happened in my own mock, right? Like, yeah. I think you're reaching at offensive line if you take one right here, Shregs. I Because you've already had the run on the, the, the top offensive linemen. I know. I know. And now, like, the clock is, like, up right now. And, oh, and I'm literally on the internet, like, Googling, like, you know, top <laughs> offensive linemen. Like, this is an embarrassment. You're looking right at now. something like Osiris Torrance. I'm not, though, Florida. at 19. I can't do that. You I'm can't actually. Do that. I mean, is this what happens in the front offices? They start Googling like when they're on the clock? <laughs> Isn't oh, this when God. they just take the best player available? They just look at their board and they're so, just like, take him. Yeah. All right. So let's just go through it here. You got Michael Mayer. You've got Nolan Smith, who's kind of slipped here in our draft. You've got Will Levis. Ah... Give me Michael Mayer, tight end. Mm. Tight end. I mean, are they really taking a tight tight end to the Bucks? Did not see that happening before we started this, but tight end to the Bucks. Michael Mayer at Notre Dame goes 19th overall. Did not see that happening. Dude, wouldn't Seattle be so excited if this happened? Because Yeah, Levis is sitting there if they want him or Hooker. And that's I did not see that happening. I thought that they were going to go edge here, but that's because I didn't give them edge at five. You gave them edge here. So to recap at five, uh, Peter, you gave them Tyree Wilson, correct? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so Tyree's at five. I would have gone like a Nolan Smith or a Miles Murphy there, but mm-hmm. they already got like, they're not going to take two edge rushers. I think Seattle goes quarterback there. So which one? Now it's what I would do versus yep. what I think they'll do. I would take Hendon Hooker. Really? Oh, yeah. make that argument because I think a lot of people around the league are saying that more and more. And Hooker over Levis is Hooker's 26 years old with a torn up ACL. It's tough to swallow. Hooker also just set the completion percentage record at Tennessee in a downfield passing offense. You know, this was not just a bunch of, of flip screens and like. So the offense that he ran at Tennessee is very similar to the Baylor offense under Art Bryles back from yep. the you know the early teens in the in sure. the 2000s. The Bryce Petty days. Yeah, the Bryce Petty days, the RG3 days. And it's yeah. predicated on half-field reads, which isn't great, but half-field reads, and then post-snap wide receiver read routes, deep read routes, okay? So they run kind of from a two-receiver set. And, and Jalen Hyatt, in this case, who had a phenomenal year, Blitnikoff Award winner, he would read the coverage and he could take it vertical or he could hook it up and run it at kind of a 10-yard hook. And, and Hooker, his whole job was to not retreat in the pocket, wait and have patience, and then be on the same page with the wide receiver. And then from that, what I would call the short area of, in the pocket, he had to have great accuracy down the field and anticipation in this post-snap read route really hard to be efficient in, and he threw for over 70%. Mm. So I think NFL evaluators are going to look at this and be like, man, this guy is not intimidated to push the ball down the field. He threw it very accurately. He's very mature. He got better every single year, and he was the reason that this program in Tennessee was able to get over the hump and actually beat Alabama. So he was great in big games, in particular in that Alabama game. And when you measure that against Will Levis and you look at the turnovers for Levis – you look at Levis's history being maybe not even a dominant high school player, losing a job to Sean Clifford, not yep. really being dominant at Kentucky. Uh, those turnovers, like I said, and, and and some boneheaded mistakes 
on the field, not off, because Levis is a terrific person. I think they go Hendon Hooker. Okay. So a long dissertation there to to land on Hooker. 21's the Chargers, and I think they'd be really happy with how this worked out. They don't need a quarterback. And I'm looking at three names. I'm looking at Lucas Van Ness, who has mm. now slipped all the way here. I'm looking at Nolan Smith, who has slipped all the way here. But I think they might give their guy another pass catcher. I'm going to go Jordan Addison mm. out of USC to the L.A. Chargers. He stays close to home and another pass catcher for Justin Herbert. You I are thought up. you were going to go Quentin Johnston there just to give him an outside target. But that's interesting. You are up with the Ravens at 22, and we have mm. a quarterback still on the board. Oh my gosh, if this happens, the, the ratings are going to be through the roof, right? right? If they're sitting there Levis, Levis is on the board? But does Levis... I, I feel like there are no. more detractors on Levis than there are. There are guys that fit the Ravens, and they are such Ravens picks. Okay, I'm going Nolan Smith, edge player from Georgia, and yep. everyone's going to be like, of course Baltimore got Nolan Smith. Everyone loves Nolan Smith in this draft. Yep. He's productive, anchor, alpha of the best defense in college football over the last two years. And I think he's a good scheme fit for what Mike McDonald does at Baltimore because of what Georgia does and kind of an odd defense, and he can play the edge as a stand-up player. I, I'm going Nolan Smith. <sighs> Which gives me the Vikings. I. I don't think Will Levis is what the Vikings are doing. I, but we need to get Will Levis off the board in the first round, right? I mean, this is where if Levis is there, you would be thinking about, like, someone's trading. Someone's right? trading back up to him. I know. Um, Lucas Van Ness is like a Iowa, Minnesota, like, mm. it, on the carpet. <laughs> Give me Will Levis here at 23. Wow. With an asterisk in that this pick will be swapped to somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good asterisk. We got him off the board. <laughs> that was more about getting him off the board than I can't, anything else. I can't go a whole round without him being drafted, so there you go. <laughs> we'll let this. Your night oh. is over. All right, Jags. Let's see what we got available here. Mm. What do we think that... What do we love... What do we think the Jags need? What a, I'm, I'm looking here. I, Surprisingly, I, the Jaguars are pretty much well-loaded at each position, and they're set yeah. up for the future. So you could really go best player available here. If 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 that's the case, in my mock, I had them taking Brian Branch, you know, yep. but I'm not going to do that one. here. Okay. I do like Brian Branch, though. He's really good. I'm going to stay there. I'll stay there. I'll go Brian Branch. He's okay. one of the names that I'm hearing. I'm sure you're hearing. Like, yep. I think he's a, he's a first round guy. Yep. He can kind of play nickel, played the um, kind of that that hybrid safety position that Minka Fitzpatrick played at Alabama. Their smartest player. They've told me, by the way, they're like Brian's going to know the defense better than some of the veterans in camp. Like that's how smart he is. So I'll go Brian Branch. Okay. Giants, I'm here in this backyard. Uh, the Saquon thing is at a standstill. Jameer Gibbs is sitting right there, but I also know they oh, want to get Can you imagine? Daniel Jones, another wide receiver. Let's have fun. Jameer Gibbs, Alabama, goes to the oh, Giants at 25. Saquon, have buddy. your franchise tag and enjoy it. Buddy, can you imagine yeah, that? Yeah, that's how the NFL works. It's a brutal business. It is. By the way, I love Gibbs. I love his game. Not he's not quite Sa Saquon, but boy, he's versatile. He can catch it. I like I like that. Okay, 
All right, Cowboys. Oh, Cowboys. Um, did you take Van S? I did not. He's still on the board. Do you just go defense here and like load up and you've got yeah, like Micah rushing and Van S rushing and then you just create like, hey, how do you beat Jalen Hurts? You just swallow him up. That's where, gonna go. That's where I'm going to go. That's where I'm going to go. Lucas Van Ness from, from Iowa. I had Van Ness as a top 10 pick when we started this whole thing. And I, I and he's done nothing wrong from now to now. But to go to 26, it's like just how the draft shook out. It's yeah. just what it is. Uh, Bills, give me Quentin Johnson. Give me a big yeah, outside receiver like to that. go with Diggs and those guys. Quentin Johnson I from love TCU. That. He's a downfield, like, um, uh, I would call him like a combat catch specialist you who's know in a, who's a good comp in the nfl for him i'm really bad at that Shrake. yeah so what's um, his like he's just he's six tall lengthy six yeah. two can jump um not the cleanest route runner and like can a make, mike williams or he's yeah, not that tall like man, yeah. not quite that tall he can make the easy catch look hard and then the yep. hard catch look really easy a hockey um, mix how about that yeah that's I, i'm not bad i i I wouldn't complain about that. Johnson would be perfect for Josh Allen, though. You talk about, like, give Josh one of those players that he can just be like, I'm going to throw it up as 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 far as I can, and this guy's going to come down with it. That would be Johnston. All right, where am I now? Bengals? Bengals. I mean, do we, do we protect him, or do we give him a threat? The age-old question. Right? Protect him, or do we give him a threat? I don't love the offensive lineman there, so it's it's probably threat or defense. Uh, <laughs> I love that noise. We both made it. Just, yeah. yeah. It's to me, it's either Zay or Darnell Washington. It's either okay. Zay Flowers or Darnell Washington. And I don't think that they need a wide receiver. And Darnell can help in the run game because he can act as a sixth, sixth offensive lineman, dominant blocker. I'll go Darnell Washington, the tight end from Georgia. Okay. Okay. Uh, Darnell Washington over Sam Laporta out of Iowa. Do you know Laporta's game at all? I do. I know it him. well. He's Washington's a better blocker, so you can help okay. a run game out with Washington as well as get some of the production. Laporta, I like Laporta, but he he's not as dominant at the point of attack. Is is that a name that you're hearing as like yeah. a first rounder? Laporta? Potentially. Potentially. Okay. The tight end group is like Kincaid and Mayer and you can flip those and then it's Washington, Laporta, and Musgrave uh, yeah. is getting a lot of love late. Luke Musgrave from Oregon State. Yep. By the way, you know Luke Musgrave? Great skier as a really? kid. Great skier. And in Oregon, you wouldn't think about that, but he went up to Mount Hood. He was on like okay. a junior ski team. And then his uncle is is Bill. Bill was great. Yeah, yeah, great offensive coordinator for many years in the league. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Okay, I love this mock draft so far. Let me recap real quick from 20 on. So... 
Buccaneers. Doing this as a tandem is hard. It's great, isn't it? Because it's like it doesn't fit your own puzzle. You have to adjust. 19, the Buccaneers in a bind where I literally was Googling top 100 players <laughs> in draft because I didn't know what the hell to do. Michael Mayer, tight end, Notre Dame. That was 19. 20, Seahawks, Hendon Hooker, quarterback, Tennessee. Oh, that would Ch- explode the draft. Chargers, 21. Jordan Addison, wide receiver, USC. Ravens, 22. Nolan Smith goes with fellow Georgia Bulldog, Roquan Smith to the Ravens, 22. Will Levis, 23 to the Vikings with a giant asterisk, likely traded. 24, (laughs) Jaguars, Brian Branch. 25, Giants, Jameer Gibbs out of Alabama. 26, Cowboys, Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa. 27, Bills, Quentin Johnson. 28, Darnell Washington. Saints at 29, I will go Zay Flowers Mm. out of Boston College. Um... Just a playmaker, and I feel like he has done really well in the pre-draft process. I don't want to get the number wrong. I think he's one of eight siblings. It could be more than that. And uh, he, it is. It is more. I've got it. it's fourteen. Fourteen siblings. I think he's, he's the, the youngest. Eleventh of eleventh. Okay. Gosh. Ten boys, four girls. His mom actually passed away oh, in two thousand five. Was he was raised primarily by his father. Wow, what a family story yeah. for him to make it to the NFL first round pick. And gosh, the Saints um, obviously have talent all over uh, the field, but they are always looking for another weapon. Derek Carr would be more than happy to get Zay Flowers. We have two picks left in the first round and several guys who have been mocked to first rounds throughout everyone else's mock draft. But we're going to go Eagles at 30. Joe Klatt, you're on the board. So this is... Uh, uh, you would have to tell me, would they go tackle, defensive yes, tackle? They, uh, defense, they, just, they got Jordan Davis last year. I, Jalen Carter would be one, but I don't know if they would go for like a third tier defensive tackle in the first round. I they get, You know what? I like a guy. You know, I'm going to go. This is, this is actually a good fit here because you could argue that like, yeah, they could take edge, right? A little pass yep. rush. And my best available on the board is Miles Murphy from Clemson. Take him. So I'm going to take Miles Murphy from Clemson. Miles Murphy from Clemson. All right. Weird year because of the Dolphins losing a pick. We now just have one final pick, and it's at 31, and it's the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, Can go anywhere here. I've already got... Now, my sneaky thing is I like the running back to them, but I just took them to the Giants at 25. Uh, Gibbs. Yeah. See, um, I kept thinking like a Gibbs or a Zay Flowers here. Yeah. Yeah. But they're both gone. They're both gone. And uh, gosh. Wow. A little early for my guy Mingo, who I've been pumping up. A little early for my guy Marvin Mims. A little early for Josh Downs. I'm looking at the wide receivers here. What about a Jalen Hyatt? Jalen Hyatt. How about this one? Last pick of the first round. Defensive tackle out of Michigan. Mozzie Smith. Oh, wow. Do you, you called all those Michigan games. Yeah. Can you give us a little something? He is in no first rounds anywhere. And yet there's been some late buzz that he might be top 40. Maybe who knows? 31. What's Mozzie Smith's deal? So 
in order to know about Mazi, you got to know the 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 intent behind their defensive structure change over the last two years. Okay. So Jim can't get over the hump of Ohio State, right? And he went to his brother John, and he's like, "I got to change defenses. I need a coordinator." So John gave him two names. These two young coaches who have both worked with John have been in the Ravens system. They want to incorporate the Ravens system. He gives them these two names: Mike McDonald and Jesse Minter. Okay. And so Jim interviews them both and says, I like them both. And Jim says, well, you got to pick one. So he picks Mike. Yep. And they go on to have a great year, go to the playoff, win the Big Ten, beat Ohio State, right? Mike and goes he did, to Baltimore. And then Mike goes back to Baltimore to be the defensive coordinator. So what did Jim do? He said, well, I want the other guy. So Jesse Minter comes in after spending one year, I believe, at Vanderbilt. And Jesse Minter comes in. Doesn't change the scheme because the whole thing was to, to run the Baltimore defense. All right. So the Baltimore defense is predicated on, at least at the college level, the way Michigan uh, incorporates it, is that the first thing that you have to do is build a run wall. You do that with your defensive tackles. You build these guys that you're not asking for production. All you're doing is asking for stalemates. Big, heavy, thick, aggressive guys that you're just you're just going to stymie the offensive line and then let your hybrid players run. So then you build hard edges on the outside. Guys like Aiden Hutchinson, right? Mike Morris yep. from this last year that can rush the quarterback. Hybrid linebackers, good cover corners like DJ Turner, who we're going to hear in this draft as a corner for Michigan, and then safeties that can run and cover as well. That's kind of the Baltimore defense as Michigan incorporates it. So the number one thing that they had to find first and foremost was a defensive tackle. Mike McDonald and Jesse Minter walk in, and the first thing that they see and notice is this defense is going to work not because of Aiden Hutchinson, not because of DJ Turner, not because of any of these guys, but because of Mozzie mm. Smith over the last couple of years. And so Mozzie was the anchor of this defense to allow everybody else to produce around him because of what they asked him to do. He's a hard worker, great in the locker room, and all the coaches rave about what he is and what he provided for them. There's a little backstory about Mozzie and the Michigan Wolverines. Isn't that fun for the listeners? You press a button and Joel can just go. And that is why I love him. And especially with the Big Ten guys, because when you do a dozen Michigan games over the past two years, when you do a dozen Ohio State games, you're going to know stories that no one else does. You're going to have insights no one else does. Now, Aaron, I'm going to let you get back on the mic if you're willing to. Can you give us one to 31? Recap this thing. I don't want any analysis in between. Just give us pick, team name, selection and let's let it sink in and then joel will say goodbye afterwards all right to start number one the panthers have bryce young quarterback two the texans take quarterback cj stroud cardinals at three take will anderson edge colts at four take anthony richardson quarterback seahawks at five edge rusher tyree wilson lions at six take christian gonzalez quarter cornerback raiders at seven take devin weatherspoon also a cornerback falcons at eight take Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle. The Bears at nine, take Peter Skaronsky, offensive line. Eagles at 10, take Bijan Robinson, the running back. Titans at 11, take Paris Johnson, offensive line. Texans at 12, take Jackson Smith and Jigba to pair him up with Stroud. Jets at 13, take Broderick Jones, OT. Patriots at 14, take an OT. They take Darnell Wright. Packers at 15, take Dalton Kincaid, tight end. Commanders at 16, Joey Porter Jr., cornerback. Mm. Steelers at 17, missing out on Porter Jr., take Deontay Banks, cornerback. Lions at 18, Kalijah Cansey, defensive tackle. 
19, Buccaneers, Michael Mayer, tight end. Seahawks at 20, Hendon Hooker, quarterback. Chargers 21, Jordan Addison, wide receiver. Ravens at 22, take Nolan Smith, edge rusher. Vikings at 23, most likely trade the pick away and take someone takes Will Levis, quarterback. (laughs) I had to get him off the board. (laughs) Jaguars at 24, take Brian Branch, (laughs) cornerback. Giants at 25, take Jameer Gibbs, running back. Cowboys at 26, take Lucas Van Ness, edge rusher. The Bills at 27, take Quentin Johnson, wide receiver. Bengals at 28, take Darnell Washington, tight end. Saints at 29, take Zay Flowers, wide receiver. Eagles at 30, take Miles Murphy, edge. And the Chiefs close it out at 31 with Mozzie Smith, defensive tackle. Nicely done. Nicely done. Oof, Joel, I'm exhausted. Buddy, that was fun. I want to get a burger or something. Uh, Joel, (laughs) where can we find your content online as we head towards the draft and then empty uh, the daily planner? Where can we see you draft weekend? There we go. Okay. So first off, you can follow everything that I do, you know, on a weekly basis at the Joel Klatt Show. And you can find that on any of the social medias at Joel Klatt Show or go download it wherever you get your podcasts. Um, so that usually drops at least every Monday. And I've got a, a by the way, I'm going to pub right now for the first time. I've got a summer series coming on the podcast what? that I am really excited about. We're sitting are you, down. Are you going on the road? <laughs> we're going on the road and we're sitting down face to face with the most influential voices, powerful voices in all of college football. Okay, let me hear Nick this. Saban, Nick Saban, Ryan Day. Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC, new Big Ten commissioner, Tony Petiti, Big 12 commissioner, uh, Brett Yormark, Lincoln Riley, Deion Sanders. We're sitting down with all of them. They'll be released every Monday during the course of the summer, starting probably June 5th. I love um, this. So excited to release Have you started that. filming them already? Yes, we've got awesome. four, three of them done already. So you've been on um, the road. Yep, been, been, well, April's been a busy month. Uh, yeah. So we, we've got that. Okay, so that's the podcast. This week, I'll be on with you on the NFL Network mm-hmm. uh, Thursday night on the main desk with Rich and DJ and CD, uh, as well as Friday night. So that's where uh, I'm at there. You can find me in the fall doing the big noon game with Gus. And I got to tell you, man, it's uh, Peter and I got to know each other when we were both Let's just go. humping it, man, like at, at Fox. Grinding. We were, we were grinding. We were going to Mobile and we're covering everything that we could possibly cover. And we're sitting backstage next to Vander Holyfield at a Snoop concert at a Super Bowl in Phoenix and looking yep. at each, each other like, how did we get invited? And then Randy Moss is like, I invited you. And, and like <laughs> weird stories like that. Right. And I could not be more proud and more happy um, for Peter and what he's done in his career. And obviously, I feel super fortunate for what's happened over the last eight, 10 years in mine as well. So I appreciate being on this show. I think we both have a lot of great feelings for each other. I think we're both very grateful for the bosses at Fox for letting us be us too. Um, Back then, Fox Sports 1 was this burgeoning network. It was before all the debate shows became the daily schedule. There was a sh- couple shows called America's Pregame, <laughs> Fox Fox Football Daily, and, Fox Football Daily, and Fox Sport Live. These were shows that you probably didn't see much of, but when you talk about Malcolm Gladwell and the 10,000 hours, Joel and I got to get all the reps we ever needed so that when yeah. the big call up came, we were ready. And gosh, Joel and I went to a Went to a Marcus Mariota Pro Day in Oregon. Yeah. We went to a Jameis Winston Pro Day at Florida State. 
We have been to multiple uh, senior bowls. You and me sitting on those bleachers, oh, this, you know, just introducing ourselves to as many people as we could around the league and say what you want about us online and hate on us while you call a game or hate on me while you're on Good Morning Football. Two of us busted our asses, and I'm so happy to see that you've had all the success you have because there's no better guy and there's no better family man. And I'm uh, I'm getting sentimental because it's now we're 10 years from those days. I know, right? You're doing Aaron's like, what's going on here? This is turning into a, a big, uh, a big emotional fest. My man, uh, how's by the way, how's everything going with the the new family member and and great? We got a new baby, baby girl baby, named baby named Betty. Uh, Erica, my wife, is is holding it down as I'm kind of doing my it. thing. Uh, but I am happy to say that my son, Mel, who is six and a half years old, has really been great. And Joel, you'll like this, playing flag football for the first time. He's playing with older kids. He's on a team with seven and eight-year-olds. Bro, he's like Barry freaking Sanders. Yes, let's go. I don't know where let's he has go. the twitchiness. I don't know where the twitchiness comes from. This dude is stuck. It was, it was Erica. The, I know. I know. It's not me. They're, they are the Bengals. They had a big win against the Eagles yesterday, and I'm there. I'm so proud, so happy, but I'm like already critiquing some of his... Th I'm like, all right, I got to stop being, being that dad. I'm just happy for him. I'm the guy who's got the kid playing with the older kids. I'm so I proud love of it. Him. Dude, that's yeah. so good. I'm coaching yeah. one of my boys in flag football right now in spring flag football. It, the youngest one. Uh, middle one is also playing. My youngest is six, mm -hmm. uh, Theodore. And he plays a little quarterback for us. And and their team allowed like a, a lower division team to score a touchdown. And I brought them all together. And I was like, Guys, hey, listen. boys, I just want you to know that was totally unacceptable. Can, can, you and me. Can you give me a... Okay, so listen, real quick, because I think everyone listening is in the draft, but you also might have kids. Um, all right, so my kids, six and a half. I live in Brooklyn, New York. There is on one hand the amount of kids who have gone on to play in the NFL who live in Brooklyn, New York. I think right. it's like Curtis Samuel and maybe like, you know, like Ernie Garfinkel from the <laughs> 1940s, you know? And they play in a park and it's there's it's a couple refs, but it's a, you're in Orange County, California, yeah. where I have to imagine it is just a slew. Like Bryce Young probably came out of your flag football league. So yeah. who are some of the other dads in this league? If you can oh humor us. Oh my gosh, that's a, that's a good one. Okay, so I'll give you my next door neighbor. He's got, I'll just talk about his, his he's got three daughters. Okay. Played in the league for seven years. Not going to say his name just yet. Okay. But he has. Jeff Bezos. Okay, no, go on. No, 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 no. He, <laughs> he has three daughters. And on one of his daughter's soccer team, the. Starting lineup of dads on that so soccer team is Corey Maggette, okay, from the NFL, <laughs> Love, from the NBA, love him. Nick Foles, yep, and Evan Moore, who is my neighbor, yep. who played end, for seven Stanford. years. Yep. And by the way, Evan's brother played international professional basketball. Did he? <laughs> yes. And so these these little girls roll out there and. They are throttling all mm -hmm. these other teams in this soccer league, and the dads are standing over there, and it's like six five minimum. It's like yeah. Nick Foles is the smallest guy on the yeah. dad's sideline, and he's enormous, right? So they they're holding it down. Okay, and uh, I know that I think your kid was in Matt Leinart's kids league. Who's yeah, got the better it's, arm? It's, they, is it, it's is the it? Matt Leinart league. And this is where, like, the the high school that all the really good players go to from where I live. What's that? I'll go to Modern Day. Okay. And That's so where Bryce is, Young went, right? This is Bryce. This is Matt Leinart. This is Matt Barkley. This is that whole lineage.
Are your kids going to modern day or is it too soon Probably to discuss not. that? Probably yeah. not. We'll see. No. Last we'll one. See. You're a Colorado guy. Can I be can I be the one to put some dampening of water on this stuff or no? Can Don't I? you dare. Don't can you I, dare. Well, we're in a honeymoon phase, right? He hasn't lost I go the on game. Twitter. I go on Twitter Saturday. The amount of dorks who come out of the world are like, that's why you get De No, you get Dion to win games. This was fun. But Joel, slow down, Colorado football. Hold on. Slow hold, down. Wait, hold slow on. Time this is Look, Time do you understand this the impact not... he's making? No, I want to see Dion coach in a big game. And then you sure. tell me. No, I'm excited sure. for them too. But I'm just trying to manage expectations, bro. Well, let me, let me listen. Let me push back on that, <laughs> all right? I'm going to take your water on the throat out. Because look at Alabama as a great example. In 2007, you know, when they hired Nick Saban, they had around, I think it's like, I want to say it was like 18,000 students okay. um, uh, in their, in, in, at Alabama. And now I think it's somewhere in the 31, 32. There's I a was Delta a David about, Shula guy. I think they should have stayed with him. All right, well, go on. they didn't because now they've got 13,000 more students at the University of Alabama. And if you just give a low estimate to what those 13,000 students are paying in tuition to the University of Alabama, do you know what Nick Saban means to Alabama? Yeah. About a, a quarter of, of a billion yeah. dollars annually, mm -hmm. right? And so that's going to happen at Colorado. The The just from an academic standpoint. Also, I would say this, they just sold out the spring game, 10 bucks a ticket. They couldn't, they couldn't give away a thousand tickets for like oh, free rides on Ralphie before it, Dion got it there. It was bleak. And they just sold out their season ticket allotment for cool. next fall. So they're going to, they're going to make from an athletic department standpoint, they're already plus $20 million in margin just on ticket sales year over year from last year to this year. So he, he is, this is why you get Dion. There is a business element to this, but That's he good. is going to have to go win games. And by no, the way, I, Gus and I might call I can't two of their first couple of games. I'll tell you, I was being sarcastic. I am no, so excited hey, for the Dion stuff because honestly, I worked with him at NFL Network and I grew up like you did, I'm sure, with Dion posters and wanted to be a Dion Sanders. Here I am, this white Jewish kid from New Jersey with like a Dion Sanders 21 Falcons <laughs> jersey. With the bandana jersey, on. With the I, was bandana. Like that. I was I had the a bandana on running around. And so then I get to work with him at NFL Network and you might have your own expectations on like who Dion's going to be. There isn't a nicer, cooler, more down to earth, like good intentions, doesn't drink, doesn't like do anything. Dion is the man. So yeah. I, I was so excited to see him come to Colorado. My only question was, and you don't have to report it here or not. Now you're the lead analyst at Fox. Did you get approached to be the offensive coordinator? Was there any conversation? No, 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 no. Okay. I would have liked that. <laughs> would have been fun. Uh, Joe Klatt, oh. awesome. We'll see you this week. Buddy, uh, you're, the, you're best. the best. I can't wait to see you in Kansas City. Very cool. Guys, so everyone's listening, uh, thanks for listening. We're going to have one more podcast this week, either right before the draft or after the first round. I got to decide. Me and Aaron are figuring that out. Uh, to everyone at iHeartRadio, Jason English, and everyone at the NFL Network and NFL.com, thank you for helping put this together. For Aaron Juan Kaufman, for Joel Klatt, for my man Jack Rudd on the one twos. Till next time. The Season with Peter Schrager is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. 
That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.